You're listening to Let's Talk AI. Good day and welcome to Let's Talk AI. I'm Harold Godwin, Managing Director for Waterloo AI, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is Victor Sui. Victor is from the University of Waterloo Conrad School of Entrepreneurship and Business. Victor is the Conrad Research Excellence Chair and Associate Professor of Entrepreneurship, Innovation, and Global Strategy. So welcome, Victor. Thank you very much, Harold. Thank you for having me here. Excellent. So we'd like to start off with getting you to tell us about your background. Uh, you know, where did you do your undergrad, your master's, PhD, and, and what was behind that? What was the motivation that as you took your journey? Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in mainland China. I went to Hong Kong to do my first PhD in, in an engineering school. So I spent three years in a, a robot lab. And then after that, I wanted to learn more about uh, the human side um, and how human decisions plays a role in, in, in developing and promoting and protecting uh, new technologies and innovations. So I decided to do another PhD at uh, University of British Columbia and uh, focusing specifically on innovation. And so that's why uh, I'm interested in uh, studying uh, innovation and uh, new technologies and how um, they bring uh, opportunities and threats to businesses and how businesses respond to those challenges and opportunities. Excellent. Well, welcome, uh, welcome to this because this whole area of innovation and and uh, payment is rapidly becoming also one of the big areas as we launch into the area of AI and the intersection of of AI and business. So I also understand as part of the work you do at Waterloo is starting to look at using uh, AI tools and techniques. Could you talk a bit around that, please? Sure. As management researchers who want to help companies understand how they can deal with big challenges like technology challenges. And AI has been, from an academic perspective, one of the major technology challenges that a lot of companies are facing. And in my consulting experience, I also learned that the application of AI to business is a big issue on top of the priority list of many business decision makers. So I then started to think about, so what can we do uh, to understand the application of AI? So I started to work with um, two amazing collaborators from uh, UBC Soda School of Business. Uh, so they are, I need to credit them because they have done an amazing job. Uh, Jane Lee, who's a, a professor, uh, and Miao Huan Li is a PhD candidate. Both of them are at the uh, Management and Information System Department at UBC. So we have been collaborating with each other in the past year on the issue of, so what is the impact of AI on firm performance? And specifically, innovation. Because innovation is the source of competitive advantage for firms, for nations. So we want to understand to what extent AI can contribute to a firm's competitive advantage in terms of innovation development. There's been some studies on you know, the impact of AI on innovation, but most of them find that AI can only contribute to incremental innovation, meaning that if you apply AI or if you have AI capabilities, your company can only benefit from developing incremental product, new products or new services. Uh, for example, one of the studies was on 
um, AI being applied to drug development. And the researchers found that, you know, there is a positive, a positive effect of AI on new drug develop, development, but the, AI is only important for developing new drugs whose mechanism of, of impact on a disease is already known or uh, for drugs at the medium level of chemical novelty. Uh, but AI is less helpful in developing drugs where there's no exi existing therapy. So our question was, so can AI actually help explore what we don't know, like developing exploratory innovation or disruptive innovation, right? So instead of exploiting what we have already known. And we all know that as human beings, we have the tendency of developing exploitative innovation because we uh, we make decisions based on bounded rationality. And there's a very famous theory on path dependency, which, which is a Nobel Prize winning uh, theory in 1993, talking about what we have known in the past influence uh, the present and the future. So we tend to do exploitative innovation. AI doesn't change that. AI sort of enhances that. AI help us to do more exploitative innovation. We try to understand the ways uh, for companies to use AI to break that path dependency pattern. So how can firms break that path dependency to explore new areas, to identify untapped uh, territories? So this is a really interesting question that both researchers and practitioners have not been able to find an answer to. Traditionally, when we talk about how we can break this path dependency pattern is we tend to do several things. First, we collaborate with other companies because they have something new so we can learn from. But we tend to collaborate repetitively with the same company. So eventually we do exploitative innovation. And we tend to also break this path dependency by hiring new inventors like star inventors. Um, attempting to learn something new from these inventors. But the, the role of the, is, these inventors is, is really dependent on manufacturers, such as the local su support in the new company or the cooperative culture in the new environment, etc. In our study, we want to understand to what extent can AI help companies to, uh, to break that path dependence. Different from the prior research, we distinguish between two types of, of uh, uh, AI or two types of learning. One is traditional machine learning. The other is the deep learning. I think most of the prior research tend to focus on traditional machine learning, but our focus is on a deep learning, which is based on artificial neural network. And we think that type of AI capability can make a difference. Specifically, we argue that the traditional machine learning capability is built upon codified knowledge or data, which is influenced or imprinted by human learning. Because humans have to codify the knowledge and then feed the data to traditional machine learning tools. So there is a huge imprint of human learning behavior, which is exploitative oriented. But deep learning is different, right? The advantage of deep learning is that deep learning can learn what humans don't understand. Right? They can pick up what we know that we cannot tell, which is the testing knowledge. And all of these are essential for uh, breakthrough innovation, for critical innovation, for identifying something we don't 
we don't know before, right? To identify something we're not familiar with. So okay, so so let me jump in for a minute sure. with a question. If they, I understand the vision and where you're going. So if humans didn't have this opportunity for this deep learning approach, uh, you know, you call it disruptive uh, innovation. How would they do this? Or is that the whole problem here? We haven't been able to do it. So we we just have this slow incremental innovation. Is that what you're suggesting? No, I'm not. We were uh, very successful in developing exploited, uh, exploratory innovation or disruptive innovation. For example, the first generation of the iPhone, uh, that's a disruptive innovation. We tend to then uh, exploit that innovation. Uh, we have the tendency to be trapped by our own competency. Of course, economically, we want to exploit disruptive innovation by generating generations of iPhones to generate cash flows. But we always want to develop exploratory innovations. And uh, as I talk about, there are different ways to do this. But what we're interested in studying is, can AI help us to do that? Can AI help us do that better in a more efficient way? What we believe is that if a company has deep learning capacity, then humans are playing a smaller role in dictating how the machine learns, which will facilitate uh, the machines to break the path dependency pattern so they can identify new knowledge and create a disruptive innovation. So we collected data from big companies and we identify their deep learning capabilities. And we found that there's a positive impact of deep learning capabilities of these companies uh, on their exploratory innovation uh, performance. But that's not the end of it, because our motivation is to study not just whether this is happening. We want to study what are the conditions that you should apply deep learning to improve your exploratory innovation. So. Here's additional finding, which enriches our research. We found a fit issue here. If you have deep learning uh, capability, but your technological structure and the facilities are mainly based around structured data management, think about SQL, okay? Then there's not a good fit because deep learning is about understanding or analyze data that is not structural and structured, right? That's how deep learning plays a big role. But if your data structure is structured in a traditional way, then that's not the best use of your deep learning capability. As we suspected, we found that if you have traditional structured data management system, then the positive effect of deep learning on exploration is reduced meaning that there's not a good fit. Your deep learning capability is not utilized to the fullest. Okay, so if I look at some smaller companies, which maybe don't have the maturity or depth to have an entire process of data structure, a little more the personal side, you know, the, 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 even before that, when it's in a, it's in a, you know, paper format or other, processes. So is there an advantage that comes to smaller companies who are more nimble, more nimble and can uh, use some of these tools versus a more mature with lots of structure? I mean, what do you, I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts on that. If you don't have a structured data set, you're, you're having an advantage here. So then you probably should really invest in deep learning capability. 
Maybe there's a, a software that can make unstructured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as we, we found in our data, uh, the traditional big tech companies that use or have been institutionalized with, you know, the traditional structured data management system are actually not benefiting from deep learning capability because there's this mismatch between their deep learning capability and their data management system. So the other finding, which is also interesting, is that I remember I was talking about a lot of firms try to develop exploratory innovation by collaborating with other companies by means of inter-firm alliances. If you're already doing that, then deep learning is playing a smaller role, meaning that they're supplementary to each other. So if you are good at developing uh, critical innovation by collaborating with our other firms, then the need for you to invest in AI, deep learning is, is reduced. In other words, if you invest in uh, deep learning for exploratory innovation, you really don't need to work with other companies anymore, right? Because they are supplementary to each other. So is that like a scenario where there's too many chefs in the kitchen so no one can ever get it <laughs> right because you're trying to please everyone? In a way, yes, uh, but also we call that a supplementary effect, meaning that the two things are not a complementary to each other. They're probably com uh, conflicting with each other, as what you said. But the, other, the good news for companies is that you don't have to invest in both. You just invest in either deep learning or collaboration with other companies. Okay, so let's assume you go through all your process. You come out with three potentially you know, groundbreaking innovation, let's call it that way. You still have the same management team that can look at it, still have their same traditional filters on risk, and, and they may all say, wow, this is a big leap. Um, how about a smaller one? You know what I mean? And, and so you still have those finer, final filters that may push away the breakthrough innovations because of this concept of risk. So how can we mitigate this to ensure there's a success in the future for more breakthrough innovations if there's still that filter in people's head? Well, this is a fantastic question. And this is a million dollar question. In technology companies, uh, the decision makers constantly have to face this the challenge you're saying, which is how to balance uh, exploratory and exploitative innovation, right? Because we all know that exploration or breakthrough innovation is well, it's risk-taking, but that's for the long run, right? You always need to lead your competitors, right, to have competitive advantage. At the same time, you can't always take risk. You can't always, you know, uh, focus only on exploration. You have to harvest from your innovation by generating incremental innovations, so there's always a balance or trade-off. So the suggestion for companies is you, you want to be uh, you want to be at the stage of ambidexterity. You want to be good at both, right? But how to achieve that? I think you need to start with exploration. I know it's difficult to overcome the fear of, of risk, but you have to do that. How to do that? Now we have, we are offering a tool, right? A deep learning tool that can help you identify. The, the, the new, the next breakthrough innovation in your company that gives you the competitive edge, right? In order to do that, invest strategically in deep learning. And also at the same time, make sure you have technological facilities that matches your deep learning capability. You don't have to invest further in inter-firm collaboration 
so which saves your cost. And in addition to that, so after you develop this exploratory innovation, then you can start investing in traditional learning. That will help you to generate incremental innovation. Okay, so it sounds like this may open a, a whole new job class for the future. And uh, the only reason I bring this up is you see a lot of the uh, headlines recently from job cuts from some of the big players, and a lot of them justify it under the optimization through AI and efficiency improvements, et cetera. And I, I still don't want, you know, it's that baby in the bathwater kind of mindset of, oh, then everybody's going to dislike AI because it causes job loss. You've really uh, kind of laid out a structure here. There could be a lot of new job creation through through a new kind of innovation. And it's an act of not just somebody waiting to have a brainstorm. You can actually make a more fertile ground to create new new types of innovation. I don't believe that AI necessarily will replace human beings. It creates, it creates different types of opportunities for human beings. Yeah. So, Victor, then... You, you've laid out an interesting framework of what's ahead. What are the next steps in your research to get us to a product ready for, um, you know, consumption? I think our next step is basically to implement what, what we have found to the business world. We have already known from our interaction with the practitioners that they're very interested in learning about, you know, how to strategically invest in AI and what type of AI they should invest. And what is the process of um, optimize, you know, uh, the AI technology, and uh, what's the impact on their innovation? We want to interact more with practitioners so that our knowledge can be transferred to to the industry, so we can hopefully help them to uh, use their money smartly, uh, improving their innovation performance by investing different AI techno technologies at different stages of innovation. So you earlier you mentioned pharmaceutical. Are you strategically looking at different verticals to test this out? Uh, you know, automotive, pharmaceutical, you know, different areas of manufacturing. What's your strategy there? Our research is based on archival data analysis, right? So we use big data analysis to generate the patterns. But I think for, for our findings to be relevant to uh, individual companies or individual industries, we need to customize our findings. Uh, maybe using some AI tools to customize it. We need to understand the, the context better through interviews and deep case analysis so that we can use or richer data to inform our, our model, uh, which will allow us to customize our findings to meet the needs of different companies and different industries. Interesting. This is, this is a very exciting space you're you're going into. I mean, it's it's helping companies because there's a lot of companies knocking at the door asking for help, and uh, part of it is education and upskilling and and creating a data culture in organizations so they can find the data that you need. Again, like you said, unstructured for now. And, uh, and, and, and different mindsets. It's almost having to unthink in order that they can rethink the future. What we're trying to do here to help us understand what and how to implement AI. And I think our message is we can't blindly apply AI uh, for your business. The application of AI to business is, is a fascinating field to study. And uh, there's an increasing demand to understand uh, the phenomena by practitioners. So I really look forward to sharing 
more of our empirical findings and case studies or consulting experiences um, in the future. Excellent. Well, Victor, thank you today for sharing your insights on innovation, on AI, and exciting path ahead for everyone. Thank you again. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.